Well, hey, everyone. This is Heidi St. John. And today I'm going to talk about, we're going to take a little bit of a break from talking about things that are happening in the culture. And I'm going to focus on, maybe for the next couple of days, on marriage. And really, I'm going to be talking to women. I know that a lot of people in the culture think that women and men are the same, but they're not. (laughs) And so today, I'm going to spend just a little bit of time looking back over 33 years of marriage. And remember, this is for women only. This is going to be a podcast devoted to secrets of a love that lasts. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, I hope you guys are enjoying this week. We're almost to the end of the week. Can you believe it? I am actually home right now. So if you guys hear some noises that don't normally come through the microphone, it's because I am podcasting from my house. We got snowed in and I couldn't make it to the studio. And my son was gracious enough to get out in his Subaru and drive all of the equipment up here to my house. And so I'm actually looking out my bedroom window right now and the snow is falling and it is absolutely idyllic here in the Pacific Northwest. I actually love the snow. We don't get a lot, you know, contrary to what people believe about the Pacific Northwest, where we live, which is about um, people mostly recognize if I tell them Portland, Oregon, they they kind of generally know where I am. But we, you know, people think, oh, it's the Northwest. You guys get a lot of snow. No, actually, we don't. It's a very rare thing for us to get very much snow at all. So when it does snow, I like to hunker down and have some hot chocolate. And uh, that's what we've been doing. So anyway, I'm glad you guys have tuned in today. Thank you guys for continuing to listen to this show and for sharing it with your friends and your uh, and your loved ones. My heart in all of this, every time I come on the show, is to encourage you toward a life that pleases God. God has us here for such a time as this. It's not an accident to the Lord that it's 2023 and uh, late in February and you're kicking around. God knew that you would be here and he has something that you that you are supposed to be doing, something he has designed uniquely for you to do. That's why the theme of my life really has been to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. Psalm 107 verse four says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And we want to say so. And so I felt like it was appropriate given the headlines and sort of what we're seeing continuing to unfold in the culture with regard to male and female relationships. I just want to take a moment today and focus on the precious nature of the marriage relationship. Many of you know that my husband, Jay, and I have been married for quite a while, over 33 years. And in all of those years, as we're getting older, you know, and our bodies are starting to show, starting to show their age for sure. I was thinking, because I, you know, as many of you, I heard, you know, Don Lamont talk about how Nikki Haley is past her prime and women who are past their 40s, you know, really should just, you know, be put out to pasture. And I I kind of had to laugh because I thought, you know, bodies age, but people mature, people grow, people learn, and we should be learning all the way up until the moment the Lord takes us home. And for some of us, that's going to be in our prime of life. Some of us, it's going to be older, right? But we should always be learning. And marriage is no different. We should always be learning. For those of you who are married, listening to this, or maybe you want to get married, I'm going to spend some time today talking to women. And of course, I know there's a lot of men. So listen in, guys, because you might you might learn something. 
But this really is aimed at women. And I wrote down just a few things that I think have been very instrumental in helping Jay and I create a love that will last a lifetime. And I think a lot of it comes down to realizing that both parties are flawed, that we have to give each other grace. But I was thinking, you know, as I was writing notes for the podcast and sort of determining where I wanted to take today's show, because there's a lot of things coming up. I'm going to have uh, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny is going to be coming on my show uh, pretty soon. We've got some great guests lined up for you. But I realized as we we talk about the culture and we talk about, you know, kind of how the, the world's on fire and Biden, you know, tripping up the stairs of Air Force One again and all the things that are happening in the culture. If our families are not strong, if our marriages are not strong, if they can't withstand the stress and the strain of the uh, the daily attacks really against the institution of marriage that are that are being leveled at us by the spirit of the age, then all the other things are really for nothing. I've said many times that the marriage is the primary relationship in the home. The adversary knows that if he can take out a husband and wife, he has a clean shot at a family, a clean shot at children. And really, that's what it's about at the end of the day. And so I want to talk to you about marriage today from the, from the standpoint of looking at it as seasonal. Because as I'm looking out the window of my bedroom and the snow is falling and the leaves are off of the big giant trees in my backyard and I can see farther than I normally would. I can't help but think about the season of winter because that's the season that we're in right now in this part of the world. And very soon, the buds are going to come on the trees. And um, in fact, I'm already hearing the birds. This is how I know that winter's coming to an end. I'm already hearing the birds in the morning. And it makes me so excited. By the way, I have had, this is a complete rabbit trail, but you guys will appreciate this. Uh, we, we, we still have stink bugs in our house. Usually they come like in the fall and we get this sort of like, stink bug palooza, but it never really got cold enough to kill them off. And so I'm hoping that since it's snowing, that means the stink bugs are taking the hint and going away because I still have them. I found one, I'm not even joking, you guys, in my refrigerator yesterday. I opened up the refrigerator and a stink bug was sitting on the shelf. And I was like, really, is this some sort of cosmic joke? Anyway, I don't know why I say that, except for to say, I'm hoping that this season of winter kills the stink bugs off. But marriage is seasonal. We go through seasons in marriage. You know, the first season, obviously, is the season of being newlyweds. This might be when you're, you know, maybe the first five years when you're just really trying to figure it out, trying to figure out, you know, what what uh, works and what doesn't work. You know, we learn very quickly that we can trigger our spouse, right? Uh, nobody knows how to hurt me like my husband. Why? Because he knows me better than anyone else. And women, this is true. You know your husband better than anyone else. We learn to to get to know our husbands during those first formative years of marriage. This is where the foundations are laid. This is where we determine the trajectory. Not that you can't change trajectory, certainly, if you if you mess up and go off course. But the idea being that those first five years, these formative years of marriage are when you establish, hey, we're going to follow the Lord as a couple. We're going to take things to the Lord in prayer. We're going to establish ourselves as a a man and and wife who loves and and follows after Jesus Christ. It's the time for you to figure out rhythm in your life. And just about the time you figure out the rhythm, 
you'll start a family, right? This is typically how it, go, how it goes down. And in fact, Jay and I sometimes uh, laugh about discovering that we were pregnant with our first child because I think we'd been pregnant for me or been married rather for like a year and three months when we found out that we were expecting Savannah. And it just was not fitting in our plans, you guys. I mean, I'm not joking you. We were going to finish college with all these things we wanted to do. And then two little lines on a pregnancy test and everything changed and changed for the better. But we didn't know it then. Right. We were just terrified, excited, of course. But but also like, wow, you know, I remember looking at my husband going, it really does work that way. (laughs) And then you enter a new season. Right. And the season goes from. Uh, just getting to know your spouse to getting to know a child and incorporating a little human being into your growing family. And it really begins the season of sowing, the season of building a family and the season of, of recognizing that what God is doing inside of your marriage is precious. And God wants you to learn in the season of raising children. 1 Corinthians 13, the famous love chapter, starting in verse 4, reminds us that love is patient and kind. It doesn't envy or boast. It's not arrogant. Love isn't rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rather rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. At this point in your marriage, you're remembering that what Genesis 2.24 said means that you have to leave what you had before and cleave to each other. Therefore, a man should leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two should become one flesh. This is a season of growing. I always like to challenge young mothers and young wives especially in reading Proverbs 18, 22 and saying, does this, would you say that this exemplifies who you are? Proverbs 18, 22 says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Would your husband say that he found a good thing when he found you? That he found someone he could trust, someone that would love him, someone that would hold his best interest always at the front of her heart. In the season of building a family, in the newlywed season, these are the foundation years. A few years are going to go by and you're going to find yourself with one child, maybe two, or maybe you're going to be like, you know, crazy Jane Heidi and you're going to have seven. And pretty soon those children are going to grow and they're going to begin to leave your home and then a new season will begin. And at this point, we begin to transition, right? I always call this the eyes on the future season. No one told me how hard it was going to be when my kids started leaving our home. But mama, listen to me. If it hurts, I think you're doing it right. When the transition happens and you begin to realize that the nest that you've been feathering and the children that you've been nurturing with your husband for all of your married life begin to start to strike out on their own and pursue the plans that God has for them, it can be a struggle. But God wants you to keep growing. And so I guess I want to ask you, you know, think about this. What are you doing to grow together? What are the things that you enjoy doing with your husband that bring you joy, that remind each other that you like to be together? 
because pretty soon the seasons change, these transition years, and you realize, wow, I'm really in a season of reaping. My kids are nearly grown. Maybe we're seeing some of our vision realized in terms of work and goals that we had. But you also be in a season of reaping inside of your marriage. So if you've neglected it for the majority of your married life until this point, then what you reap may be a season of bitterness or of struggle. And I just want to encourage you to hang in there. You know, I've said many times on the show, and I guess it's worth repeating today, that we reap what we sow. This is a biblical principle. And if we want to reap joy, we've got to sow into that. If you want to reap uh, the benefits of enjoying being with your spouse well into the later years of your marriage after your kids are growing and leaving, then you need to do the work of sowing into your marriage early on. And we'll get to that in just a second. After the season of reaping, we find ourselves in a season of mentoring, right? So you begin to reap what you've sown, and hopefully you're taking what the lessons that you've learned, and you start to think, I'm not, we're going to look around as a couple. Who can we invest in? Mom, who can you invest in? Is there a young married woman that you can invest in, a young mother? What have you learned that you want to pass on? It's good or bad, right? They're, they're, uh, they're both lessons to be learned in those seasons, right? Decisions that we make that are bad, we learn from, hopefully. And then the last season is a season of remembering God's faithfulness and passing the mantle on to the next generation and remembering that God is in all of it. And in each season, you're going to find yourself struggling. You're going to find yourself experiencing successes and losses and gains. Each one of those seasons has all of these elements in it. But the secret of a love that lasts means that you, in every season that you are in, no matter it's the newlywed, building a family, transitioning, keeping your eyes in the future, growing, doing things together, the season where you begin to reap what you've been sowing, mentoring, and finally the season of remembering God's faithfulness and passing the mantle. There are a few things that you want to incorporate every step of the way. The first one, obviously, is grace, bearing with one another. You guys, listen, you don't have to swing at every pitch. I'm going to say that one more time because I have to tell myself this a lot. You don't have to swing at every pitch. Is your husband doing something that bugs you? Before you announce it to him, maybe take it before the Lord. Lord, is this something that you want me to bear with my husband on? Is this something that I need to bring up to him or can I let it go? Chances are pretty good. You could probably let it go. You can probably let it go. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bear with one another. Don't swing at every pitch. Don't sweat the small stuff. I think sometimes we, we get hung up on the little things that annoy us. But we want to remember that this is a marathon, this marriage thing we're doing, not a, not a sprint. Pace yourself. Pick your battles carefully. 
uh, it's so easy, isn't it, to argue about who unloads the dishwasher or whether or not the bed got made or whether or not uh, you're being you you feel like you're being uh, supported in you know the day the days of housework. And I'm not saying that those are not things to talk about, but they're also not deal breakers. And looking in the mirror and saying, Lord, maybe instead of praying that God changes my husband, maybe I need to say, Lord, change me. Give me a heart for my husband. Help me to see him with the eyes of that 18-year-old girl that first saw my husband. Help me to see my husband like I saw him on our wedding day. Help me to see him in every season of our life that way and give me the grace to bear with him and give him the grace to bear with me in every season of marriage. Grace will be required. And you guys listen to me, you know this is true. When we run out of grace, you know, when the when the uh the gas tank starts, when the grace gas tank starts to run empty or run on low or start sputtering, boy, you can tell, right? Because every little thing that he, that he does annoys you, right? Take it to the Lord. The next secret of a love that lasts, and I have been teaching on this for years, is a strong sexual bond between a husband and a wife. This is God's plan for marriage, and the world has really screwed it up. I mean, really. But Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4 says, Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. Wow. Let the marriage bed be undefiled. Think about what could defile a marriage bed. I mean, the obvious things, adultery, pornography. But I would encourage you women to look at another way that you can defile the marriage bed is through neglect. When we get married, we make a promise to our husbands, don't we? To have and to hold from this day forward. And I think in in the seasons that we just talked about a moment ago, it's very easy to say, well, I'm too tired. I mean, let's be honest, we are too tired. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) three quarters of the time, we are too tired. But what does love do? Love looks at the other person. Love says, God, give me a heart for my husband. Give me a desire, right? Give me my want to. I want to want to have a strong sexual relationship with my husband. I want to want to meet his needs sexually and hear his heart. Men and women are wired very differently. And I realize I'm making a sweeping generalization. So some of you are not going to fall into this category, but most of you, I think, will. Women really need that emotional bond from their husband, right? We need the emotional connection. We need the, the talking and the interaction before we can switch our brains over to want to make a physical connection, right? It seems like men, as a general rule, have the opposite inclination. Right. It seems in all of my years of counseling women, what I hear more than anything else is that my husband needs that sexual connection. And then it's like his heart is freed up. And then we're having these long, meaningful conversations. And then we're going out for coffee together. And then I feel like we're on the same page again. And I'll come back another time and talk about this because I think it's so worth talking about. But the sexual drive in men. As a gen, and I realize again, I'm generalizing, but the sexual drive in men typically stronger than in women. And the need for the release is stronger than it is in women. And I think sometimes women, uh, wives can neglect this or even worse, use it as a weapon 
Women, can I just encourage you right now? That is sin. God doesn't want you to use sex as a weapon inside your marriage. He wants sex to be the glue that keeps you coming back to the well over and over and over again. It, it amazes me that even after all of these years of being married to just one man, you know, Jay and I were both virgins when we got married. And so, I mean, and praise the Lord, right? I don't have, you know, images in my head of another lover and neither does he. But you have to kind of wonder, right, when you're first married and when you start out on this marriage thing, is it going to get boring? Or are we going to be enough to satisfy each other? And I'm here to tell you right now, the answer is yes. It's a resounding yes. Why? Because God's in it. And he wants that sexual bond between you to be strong and fulfilling. And I think for, for you moms, especially who are tired or kids have been, you know, picking at you and poking at you all day long. I, I used to tell my husband, I said, I feel like I'm being pecked to death by a chicken. <laughs> like you've gone to work all day and I'm just home being slowly, slowly dying over here, you know, and then he comes home and he's feeling frisky and I'm just like, I'm going to take the car keys and just take a drive and just be by myself. I like to watch the wallpaper peel tonight, you know. But something that the Lord laid on my heart years ago was that I was the only place that my husband could come for that sexual release, for that fulfillment. And I asked the Lord to change my heart. And when he did that, our marriage changed. And so, and like I said, I mean, I'd love to come back and talk about this more because it's something I care very deeply about and I speak about it all over the country, but that's important. Another thing that, that uh, is a secret really to a lasting relationship is just forgiveness. Don't keep score, you guys. Just knock it off. Don't keep score. We need to be willing to forgive, knowing that we have also been forgiven much. The other thing that we need is a sense of shared mission. A long time ago, I wrote a workshop on this, right? A, a sense of shared mission. And I asked the Lord to give Jay and I a common goal, something that we were striving for. And the Lord did that. And that ended up being the, the Firmly Planted Homeschool Resource Center and all of the homeschool cooperatives that we've started over the years. This sense of shared mission, not always easy. And in fact, many times very hard. But God wants us to have a sense of purpose together. And it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, in a business relationship or starting a nonprofit. It could be something as simple as a hobby that you enjoy doing. Um, obviously, the sense of shared mission, hopefully, is your children, right? That's, that's a big one. And finally, it's love and respect. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. Isn't that crazy? Like this is Peter telling the dudes, listen, you, you don't treat your wife in, a, in an honoring, respectful way. Guess what? Your prayers are going to be hindered. That's crazy. But that's what the Bible says. And obviously Ephesians 5, you know, we're, to, we're called to submit to our husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, right? And so we want to be, we want to submit to our husbands out of reverence to the Lord. Does each of you should love his wife as he loves himself? And the wife must respect her husband, that love in marriage, that respect that God says, 
we are to give our husbands is a core part of who God has created men to be. They need respect. I shared a post on my Instagram the other day um, of a, a woman who is an etiquette coach, and she was just talking about um, poise and beauty and teaching a woman how to sit like a lady. And she was just showing these beautiful, and she's, you know, beautiful posture. And she was, uh, you know, crossing her, her legs at her ankles. And, um, and I learned this stuff, I think when I was in eighth grade, my mom uh, sent me to like a finishing class, you know, sort of a finishing school. And we learned how to walk with, you know, books on our head, (laughs) all the things it's like out of a Mary Poppins movie. I look back now and I think, I used to think this is so dumb. Oh man. Now I'm just like, bring it back. There's something about beauty and poise that women, I think God created you to be that way, mom. The beauty of uh, caring about the way that you look and dressing with care, teaching your daughters to take care of themselves and to dress modestly and beautifully. We are a reflection of the beautiful side of creator God. And so rather than let our bodies go and our, and our you know, eat things that are unhealthy, we want to be taking care of the temple that God's given us and then sharing that temple with the one that God gives to us. And that would be our husband. So I hope that you are thinking today, and I guess I would just leave you with that, you know, take some time today and ask the Lord, am I being the wife, God, that you want me to be? First John 4, 7 says, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Psalm 85, verse 10, steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. And finally, Mark 10, verse 9, what therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. You guys, God wants your marriage to thrive. Through every season, through every struggle, through every trial, through the ups and downs, God wants your marriage to thrive. And I hope that that will be your prayer today. I've written a book about marriage. It is called The Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Romance. Don't let the word homeschool throw you. Uh, This really is a story. A lot of it is a story of uh, my family kind of growing up, some things that happened inside my family that really showed me the preciousness of marriage. I think uh, women, especially you guys are going to relate to this. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. Again, that's called The Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Romance. You can find it at uh, Amazon or you can simply go to HeidiStJohn.com. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. But the point of, of writing that book was to highlight the preciousness of the marriage relationship and to show you again that God wants your marriage to thrive. This is God's heart for your home, that you would love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Out of an overflow of what God does between you and him, you pour into your husband, or and he pours into you. Out of an overflow of the marriage, the two of you pour into your family, and out of an overflow of that, you pour into the community. Don't get it backwards. Get the foundational pieces correct. If you guys haven't joined me this month at Mom Strong International, I have written a study called Irreplaceable, the life-giving, soul-steadying role of mothers. It's one of my favorite studies, I think, that I've ever written. And uh, you can join us and become part of that study. So just go to momstronginternational.com. And also, we are encouraging those of you who are interested in seeing our ministry to homeschoolers grow and to grow the ministry of resource centers around the country. We are currently trying to move into a building that will allow us to do that here. And you can support us by going to fpfgrow.com. I'll link back to that in the show notes today. I think fphrcgrow also, again, that's .com. 
Uh, and if you've got questions about that, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a question for me for Mailbox Monday, you can shoot it to me by simply going to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. Keep it short, sweet, to the point, And we may air your question on the show. Thank you guys for listening. Love your people well today, you guys. God has good things for you. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.